0: Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. Get ready for your life to be changed by today's message from Pastor Jeremiah Hosmer. Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim this is the year of the Lord's favor. I know what the world is saying. I know what the devil is saying, but the Lord is saying this is the year of my favor. the book gave it back to the attendant and sat down the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him and he began to say to them today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing so all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth and they said is this not Joseph's son And he said to them you will surely say this proverb to me physician heal yourself whatever we have heard we have, whatever we have heard in Capernaum do also here in our country or in your country then he said, surely I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you truly, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah when heaven was shut up three years and six months and there was a great famine throughout all the land. But none of them, Narek, none of them was Elijah sent to accept Zarephath. The region of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. And many lepers were in, the, were in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet. And none of them were cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. Verse 32 And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word was with authority. For his word was with authority. Basically, I'm not, I'm I'm just, I'm not even paraphrasing. I'm just kind of putting you, this church, and and I'm, I'm putting you in the context of where we live just for a moment, but many churches in that day were asking to be raised up, but only the one that had the faith, oh my God, only the one that had the boldness to stand up and Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and for ah, yeah. That is who I have sent my spirit. Yeah, it, it ain't it ain't just about me. It's about who has the faith. Lift one hand and say, I have faith to receive the power. ask for the Lord's blessing now father in the name of Jesus I once again I, I am so privileged so honored to stand before your people and God priest the words of life Lord this ain't just some book this is the words of life they breathe life to dead people uh, they break chains to shackled people Oh, God, they shift things and transform minds and lives. Oh, God, I have the privilege to do it one more time. Spirit of the Lord, rest on us. Look upon my availability and not my ability today. Anoint me with a prophetic utterance. And anoint your dear people to hear, receive, understand, and respond to your word. Lord, I pray that every, every barrier of communication or to communication would be broke down now in Jesus' name and that your spirit would flow, God. And Lord, that he would break the bread of life to every hungry person in this house. Father, I ask that your perfect will be done and that your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Now I yield this vessel and I throw it on the altar one more time that you may pour fire down on it again, God. And Lord, I thank you for it. I give you praise for it in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody that agrees, shout amen. Can you give the Lord a praise for his word today? Hallelujah. Glory be to God. As I've already stated, but this is part three to this series, I'm I'm saying rise up. It's time for the church to rise up. Matter of fact, I want you to say that with me on the count of three. One, two, three. It's time for the church to rise up. It's time. Come on, say it again. It's time for the church to rise up. Let's say it one more time. It's time for the church to rise up. Now, if you will allow me, I know we're getting started just a little late today, but if you'll allow me just a few moments, I feel like. Uh, to set this up to where you can really understand what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us through this scripture. I have to give you just a little bit of historical reference. And to bring you into the backstory of what you just read. Or else you're just going to think it's good preaching, but it ain't speaking to your right now moment. But the devil is a liar. Because when God speaks, it speaks to your right now moment right now. Because you, you have, let, well we'll just go into that in just a little while. Thank you Lord. But if we're going to extrapolate the revelation in this text and allow it to speak to our right now, we must have a backstory of what has brought this event to the surface. Without the understanding of history to this prior event I feel that some will hear this and say well praise God the preacher was on fire today but you won't grab what the Holy Ghost has for you so you can go home and break it at your table and it can feed you all week long I want us to take a quick glimpse at the time in which Jesus uh, stepped into his earthly ministry The land that we know today as Israel at that time and at that present, or at that present time was what we, or what they know as Palestine. There was a constant, listen carefully to this because this is what's going to bring it home for you. There was a constant social unrest. Because Jewish people despise Gentiles, and Gentile people despise Jewish people, and Republicans decide, despise Democrats, and Democrats despise Republicans. There, there was also political unrest or uncertainty because most of the people in the land, uh, most of the people in the land, were used to being under the rule and under the thumb of a foreign nation. There was also economic unrest. Because most of the people in that land were poor They were able just to make enough money just to get by during the week You had a few rich people, but that but that wasn't that was not the majority There was mostly poor people except for that small group, but listen there was also religious unrest in that time because even though they were able to worship and sacrifice like they wanted to, the religious leaders had grown corrupt and greedy after power and after money. Hence the reason why we read two different times Jesus comes in and turns tables over and drives people out of the the synagogue or out of the temple because they had made it a den of thieves they had grown greedy and they had grown corrupt. Now the high priest answered Uh, to the government and not to God because the high priest, people didn't want to know who was God's man anymore. They wanted to know who the government's man was. So therefore, you had a lot of social unrest. You had economic unrest. You had political unrest, and you also had religious unrest. Does it sound familiar in a time in which we live right now? Uh, this is also the reason why John the Baptist was overlooked. You know, John the Baptist was supposed to be the high priest. His dad was the high priest. But when it came time to choose a high priest, the government overlooked John the Baptist because he didn't preach what they wanted him to say and he didn't hang out in the places that they wanted him to hang out. He ate locust and, and honey in a wild place and clothed himself with camel's hair and said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So they said, we can't have him as a high priest. We need us a puppet in the seat. Ah, so, so we have all this together. Now that brings me to our, that that brings me to the political environment of that day or in our day. Let me just say it like this. Here in America, we have barely tasted a little bit of political uncertainty. Think about what this uncertainty has done to the hearts and the minds and the emotions of the American people right now. Just think about it. Just think about, I'm not here, I'm not up here advocating a party, I'm not up here advocating a man. I'm just saying, just think about what the little bit of political uncertainty and unrest has done to the people of this land. Now, if you think about that, then you will understand what it was like. These people didn't have a year of political unrest. These people didn't have two years of political uncertainty. They had over 400 years, over 400 years of a different government owning them, over 400 years of of working every day and not making hardly anything, of 400 years of being treated wrong, of 400 years of being a second rate citizen in their own land. Now what does that do to the hearts and the minds of people? Now if you take all this social unrest, economic unrest you take the religious corruption and the political unrest and you mix it all together in the minds and the hearts and the emotions and the lives of the people of this land it is at this time, everybody shout this time. Oh shout it over here. It is at this time that the father chooses to send his son in the middle, oh, here we go now, in the middle of all of this. He didn't wait for it to be all perfect. He didn't wait for everything to be pieced up. He didn't wait for all the pieces to be together. He said, I'm gonna wait for everything to be falling apart and my son is gonna come to the earth and he is going to say, I am the answer. Hallelujah. It is in a time when the hearts of the people have been completely broken and their faith has been depleted. It is in a time where there is little hope in the future, if any, it is in a time when they have lost all confidence in the religious leaders of that day. And they realized they were, that the religious leaders were powerless and greedy. And it is in a time when the government viewed the people as a as an end to a means or a mean to an ends. And Jesus, listen, rises up in this moment in the middle of all of it. And he turns around and tells them, listen carefully, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Ah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me and He has anointed me. Pastor, what are you saying right now? Right now we're living in a time where there is all kinds of social unrest. Lawlessness is abounding, and the love of many is growing cold. This is causing people to be bound by hate. Right now we have economic uncertainty, and this is causing people to be bound by anxiety. And right now we have political uncertainty and unrest, and this is causing people to be bound by fear. And right now we have religious leaders retreating and hiding in places of mediocrity and complacency. And this is causing people to grow hopeless. Pastor, what is your response in the middle of all this? You want to know what it is? The Spirit of the Lord God is upon us. And he has anointed us to raise up in the last days in the power of the Holy Ghost. Glory be to God. What is your response, Pastor? What is the church's response to all that has happened? I'll tell you, to all that is happening, the spirit of the Lord God is upon us. And he, church, has anointed us My God, we ain't been anointed by the government. We ain't been anointed by the economy. We haven't been anointed by a religious structure, and I have not been anointed by somebody else. I have been anointed, and you have been anointed from the Spirit of the Most High God. Now rise up in the Holy Ghost Church. (laughs) Glory be to God. Oh, I feel like I need to massage it for a little while. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon us, and He has anointed us. He has empowered us. Oh, glory. And if you just want you a number one, He has anointed us to preach the gospel. To preach the gospel. Church is time to rise up and preach. The pure gospel of Jesus Christ in this land right now. Many in this day and time want to hear about the benefits of Jesus, but not the kingdom of Jesus. I'm going to say it again. They want the benefits of Jesus, but not the kingdom of Jesus. In other words, there are people who have actually, listen, I've... One man actually told my campus pastor, all we want to hear about is Jesus. We don't want to hear about nothing else. And that's, hey, we won't preach. We preach Jesus. But what they were saying is, pastor, preach me the benefits of Jesus, but don't preach me the kingdom of Jesus. Because the kingdom of Jesus requires, uh, here we go, it pushes me to a change, and it pushes me to lay down some old stuff and pick up what God has for my life. Hallelujah. As if it is possible to separate the king from his kingdom. Oh my God in heaven, uh, a, a gospel that preaches the benefits of Jesus apart from the kingdom of Jesus is a powerless a powerless gospel but when the benefits of Jesus are preached with the kingdom of Jesus then you have a powerful gospel and this is the gospel that the apostle Paul began to preach about when he said I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation it's not weak it's not mediocre it's not complacent it is the power of God Hallelujah. It is the power of God under salvation. The Bible says in Romans chapter 14, the kingdom of God is righteousness. Everybody say, Righteousness. It is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. Matthew 4 says that Jesus himself began to preach and say, Repent. Repent. Yeah, but Pastor, I I got me a form of godliness. Yeah, but you're denying the power that changes it. So repent. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The apostle Peter, the apostle Peter didn't preach a, preach the benefits of Jesus without the kingdom of Jesus. Acts two thirty eight, two thirty nine. Then Peter said to them, Repent. Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost For this promises to you and your children and to us all who are far off as many as the Lord our God will call Yes, I preach Receiving listen. Yes, I preach receiving Jesus gives you an eternal home But I also preach, deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow after him. Yes, I preach whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. But I also preach, give, store up your treasures in heaven for where your treasure is, what? There your heart shall be also. Yes, I preach God loves you, for, for God is love. But I also preach John 14, 21, he who has my commandments and keeps him, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. The, listen, the full gospel, the pure gospel, man, that's what people want. I mean, for a long time, people did want to come in and eat some cotton candy. They were packing to the circus churches. You know, ain't nothing healthy at a circus. It's fun, it's good. But you don't walk away from a circus talking about, man, I I feel like I'm healthy. You walk away from a circus saying, I need to repent (laughs) because I just ate a bunch of stuff I didn't need to eat. It's okay to have that from time to time. But you need to understand, after a while, what happens, what happens when hardship comes? What, what, what happens, help me out, Pastor Jason, just for a minute. What happens when you start walking through some trials? What happens when they call you and say, Junior's done, got locked up? What, what happens when the spouse comes home and says, I'm done and I don't want to be here anymore"? What what happens when when all of a sudden you walk in the job that you done had for years, and they look at you and say, I'm sorry, but we got a downsize, and you're one of the cuts. What happens? I came to tell you, you can't stand on cotton candy no more. You can't stand on circus Christianity anymore, but you need a foundation that says, bless God, no matter what comes my way, I can stand because I have stood on the truth that remains from ages to ages. Hallelujah. That's what people are wanting right now. That's what people are needing. This nation is in trouble because for so long, we preached the benefits of God without the kingdom of God, which in return produced a powerless gospel. People are flocking into this ministry right now. It's not just happening up here, it's happening in Forsyth too, packing the place out. No more chairs for But why are they packing in? Why, why have some of you driven 30, 45 minutes and an hour one way to come here? Because there is a famine in the land and it's not a famine of food and it's not a famine of water. It's a famine of the pure word of God and you have found the words of life and you say, it don't matter how long I got to drive. It don't matter how much gas money it takes. I got to go where when I leave, I have had my soul and my spirit fed. It's the pure gospel of Jesus, hallelujah. It's the gospel, hallelujah, that breaks everything off of people. Glory be to God, glory be to God. We had a little bit of testimony time last night in our prayer meeting, you missed it. But we had some people testifying of what God has been doing, hallelujah. And I love the story of Justin Massengale and his wife back there. How they were saying, I think you're gonna lose the baby. But we began to pray and we begin to ask God because this is a church that still believes that healing is for today. This is a church that still believes that the stripes upon the back of Jesus will still heal you, still raise you up from your sick bed and still begin to break stuff off of your life. And we heard them testify that the doctor said this, but when they laid that prayer cloth over me, something came on my body and that baby's sitting back there right now healthy and living and the blessing of God is on her. I'm telling you, it is a pure gospel. It is a powerful gospel. And it is a true gospel. Glory! That's what the gospel produces. That's what people are wanting. Oh God, give us a platform in Washington. Washington needs the truth. They need the pure gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. This nation's in trouble because people have been preaching a gospel or a good the benefits of Christ without the kingdom of Christ. You see, when you preach the kingdom of Christ, when you preach the full gospel, watch this, it produces the power of God that makes the captive free. It baptizes people with the Holy Ghost and fire. People walk out of an anointing service and go home and say, I don't need my pills no more. I don't need that anymore. God touched me in that place today. And whom the Son has made free, it's free indeed. God did something inside of me. People walk out as People walk out of uh, church. Brother Jeremiah, they walk out of churches and they've been sticking needles in their arms for years and they walk out and say, I ain't never sticking another one in my arm for I have found the bread of life and the fountain of living waters and this is who I've been looking for. That half gospel don't produce that. It can't produce it. So you wonder why I stand up here and preach like we preach and praise like we praise and worship like we worship and pray like we pray. You want to know why? Because some of your eternal homes are at destiny right now. It's in the balance right now and we're crying out saying, God, don't you let them go. The gospel. Man, we've been anointed. Hallelujah. I remember the first time, I'm staying on this point a little longer, but I remember the first time, Pastor Antoine, I remember the first time I felt the anointing come on me to preach. I was in India. Hey, you want to know if you got some God on you, go to India. (laughs) That's where the men are separated from the boys. over there over there ministering and they let me know at six o'clock in the evening that i'll be preaching at a prayer meeting at five o'clock in the morning well i didn't have nothing prepared you know but it caused me to go into prayer mike and say lord you got to do something god you got to do something i know you've called me but i don't know i ain't worked this whole thing out but i'm just going to trust in you they came and picked me up about 4 30 in the morning to go to a five o'clock prayer meeting to preach I remember passing about a 73 year old three-year-old woman that day about four miles from the church And she showed up in the prayer meeting. She was walking all the way to the prayer meeting 5 30 in the morning Don't tell me anything Anyway, uh, I remember when they said it's time for you to get up and preach I remember when I stood up to preach I'm talking about the anointing to preach the gospel now And I remember when I stood up behind that pulpit, it was as if somebody threw a wet blanket on me. I didn't know what had come on me, but all I knew is I felt like I'd been preaching for 10 years. My God, something hit me, and I began to preach the gospel in that place, and the power of God began to fall in that place, and my interpreter said, Pastor, how long you been preaching? I said, it's the first time. He said, it's like you've been preaching for years now. I said, that ain't me, but that's the anointing to preach the gospel, and what I'm telling you right now, church, there is an anointing that if you cry out for it, God will put it on your life, and you can preach the gospel in your school. You can preach the gospel in your work. You can preach the gospel in the streets. You can preach the gospel in the compassion center you can preach the gospel everywhere you go but you've got to get serious with God and say if you're passing out mantles I want one God don't let it go anywhere else the anointing to preach the gospel the spirit of the Lord is upon us he is raising us up to preach this gospel if you're looking for a number two I'll give you this one. It's time to rise up and heal those in need. One of the names of the wonderful God we serve is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. I told you about three weeks ago. Just because there's a plague in the lane land does not mean God stopped being who he is The church just has stopped doing what they're supposed to do He says I want you to I want you to grab you some oil on your hands You know we anoint one finger i done been in Africa where they stuck the whole hand in the In the dish and when you walked out there you couldn't even stick a hat on your hand it was so slick <laughs> Hallelujah I done been in Africa where they stick the whole hand in the, in the bowl and just wipe it across your head. They anoint you. You know you've been anointed. Forget the roll-on. That, that, that little bottle will last for two people. They anoint you with oil. And then they don't lay hands just like this. They lay hands. They lay hands. But you get something. Listen, God is anointing us to raise up and heal those in need. He says, one of my names is Jehovah Rapha. Now, if you can change who God is, I need to know who you are. If you can possibly change God, please let me know who you are because I need to worship you. You can't change God. I'm telling you, before man was ever created, he said, I'm Jehovah Rapha. And after man will be gone, he said, I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the God who heals regardless of whether you got a need or not. I am that I am. Rise up and heal those. One leper came to Jesus one day. I'm sorry, man with Corona. He came to Jesus. He said, Lord, if you're willing, Can you make me clean? And Jesus said, I am willing. Be thou made whole, hallelujah. And that's what God is asking out of the church right now. Quit running in fear, quit running in timidity, quit running in darkness. Stand up, rise up in the boldness of the Holy Ghost and believe in the word of the Lord and be who I am calling you to be in these last days, church. But I love what in this passage of Scripture Luke chapter 4 Jesus is not only talking about healing your bodies But he's talking about healing your hearts If I was to do a survey across this building I can almost guarantee you fifty percent of the people in here need a healed heart Broken hurt bleeding needing mended Broken because of what happened to you as a kid Broken broken because of what happened through the divorce Broken because you were disappointed when you thought something was gonna turn out like it was supposed to Broken because somebody lied about you broken because people turned on you broken because people betrayed you Broken because you gave them all you had and they took it and stomped on it broken God says I'm not just here to heal your body But the spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me to mend Put back together Take the puzzle pieces place them back together mend your broken heart That's what the anointing does you can have somebody with a phd You can have somebody with a doctorate. You can have somebody with 30 years of being a psychologist. And they can stand up and give you all the book knowledge. And they can stand up and give you everything that you need. And they're doing their best to help you. But you can walk out of there and your heart still be a mess and in a million pieces. But when you get into the presence of the living God. And when you get under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And when a Holy Ghost filled person comes over there. And starts preaching. And starts laying their hands on you. Being led by the Spirit. It's like the Holy Ghost grabs this piece and he grabs that peace and he grabs that hurt and he grabs that pain and he grabs that disappointment and he grabs that offense and he grabs that bitterness and he washes you clean and he puts your heart back together so you can be who God has called you to be. This is what God is looking for out of the church. Go and mend the brokenhearted. Man, you've been anointed to do so. You've been empowered to do so. But I hear somebody saying, but pastor, what about my own broken heart? Oh, Pastor, what about what I'm dealing with? Pastor, what what about the difficulty I'm going through? Pastor, what about the stuff I feel? Pastor, what about the times I can't go to sleep? And I soak my my pillow with the tears. And Pastor, what about the things that I have done? Can I tell you that when you're weak, God is strong through you. That when you are down, he will raise you up. And when you submit it before him, he'll flow through your life. We've been anointed. Lift one hand and say, in Jesus' name. I've been anointed to heal the brokenhearted. Hallelujah! I've been anointed to mend the brokenhearted. Oh, well, what's your qualifications? My qualification is that I bowed at a cross. And I feel like preaching now. I bowed at a cross. And when he said, come unto me all you who labor and are heavy laden, I said, yes, sir. And as I got closer to him, I found myself in an upper room. And the fire fell on my life. And I spoke with other tongues. And now the healer is not coming to me. The healer lives inside of me. And now I can release an oil. For there is a bomb in Gilead. There is an oil. There is healing for the people of God right now in a time where there's so much division so much hatred in our nation man people that this time last year I could talk to now they I don't even it's like I don't know there's so much division it's time for us church listen don't look to the world to do it they're messed up too (laughs) and they don't even have a healer not right now we are the ones with the answer Can I tell you, with everything that's happening in this nation right now, almost every single one of them, listen carefully now, whether you agree or disagree, I'm preaching, so I'm right. Come on, come on, amen. I'm preaching, so I'm right. When you preach, you can be right. But almost every one of them is a heart issue. People hate people of different colors because they're broken, man. People hate people because they don't believe like them because they're broken. And God's saying, I have anointed you to mend the brokenhearted. I have anointed you to go with the touch of heaven to that single mom that feels like the, the, the whole world has turned against her, grab her hand and say, God is still with you. I have anointed you to go to the person that has been swallowed up in deception. Tell them God ain't left you and he's still for you. And there's a truth to embrace you think about the people of Jesus's day I'm trying to keep bringing you back to the text when you have been 400 years not one year not two years 400 years of political social economic and religious unrest. Think about the brokenness they carried. Nobody, nobody has come with the anointing to heal the heart. Think about the generational curses that have been passed down. Think about the mindsets and the wickedness that had been passed down. And Jesus has the audacity to stand in the middle of them and say the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord, America, the Spirit of the Lord is upon us and he has anointed us to mend the broken hearts. What a powerful word for a time in need. We've been anointed to change it. If there was ever a message that needed to go from sea to shining sea, if there was ever a message that needed to go from Alaska to Texas to New York to California, it is this. We are anointed to heal your hearts. Can I have 15 more minutes? I'm going to give you one more point. Give Jesus a praise while I do. Come on, give him a praise while we do this one more time. (laughs) This is the time to rise up and proclaim freedom to the captives. I had to get to this point. I wanted to stop right there, but I had to get to this point because I felt like God is going to bring some powerful deliverance in this, in this service today. There's going to be some folk that's going to be delivered from some long time of stuff. When Jesus stood up and proclaimed this statement, many were thinking that he, he was saying, I have came to free you from the Roman rule, the Roman empire. So they were sitting there saying, my God, we have somebody now that's gonna free us from a governmental rule. But Jesus knew that you can be free from a government and bound by hell. And he said, hold on one second. Hold on one second. I've come to free you because you are captive in ways you don't even know you're captive. You're bound in ways you don't even know you're bound. Hallelujah. Throughout the Old Testament, listen carefully to this point so it can really bring to you the rest of what I'm saying. Throughout the Old Testament, we read about many different miracles done through the hands of priests, prophets, judges, and great people of God. But there are two miracles that are only done after the arrival of Jesus. Here they are. One is the recovery of sight to the blind. I'll preach on that next week. The second is the deliverance from demons. Now think about this. Demons have had several thousands of years to to, to lock people in bondage because nobody had come and cast any of them out. Man, you want to talk about a generational curse? You wanna talk about chains? You wanna talk about about being in bondage? When you think about that no one had come to a nation, a region, or a people and and told demons, get your hands off, and they obeyed. I'm bringing you to a point right here. That means that there were generations of people under demonic control. That means there were families that have passed down demonic control and captivity. Can you imagine the generational curses that have been passed down for 2,000 plus years? Can you imagine? that if 2,000 years ago your granddaddy was an alcoholic and every time it got passed down it got stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger can you imagine where you would be right now? Can you imagine the darkness and the demonic power that had people so bound that it didn't matter what would happen they couldn't get free. It is in this context that Jesus steps up He's, it's in this context that he steps up and says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me and he has anointed me to set the captive free. Can you imagine the fear and the nervousness that went through the kingdom of darkness when he announced that? Wait a minute. Nobody has ever cast us out of a vessel. Nobody has ever commanded us to leave and we obeyed Call Satan we got to have a board meeting They get around the board table Satan we need we listen this man right here is casting us out of vessels We need you to bring out the top guns and the devil says I already have I've already brought out the top guns. They say, well what happened? He said it is written Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. They said, well, what about the other guns? He told me, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God. They said, what about the last one? He said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God and worship him only. They said, well, what happened? He said, I had to leave. And I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying, whom the Son has made free is free indeed. We have. We have a champion that has walked the halls of hell and grabbed back the keys and made the captive free. Stand up in this place and give Jesus, your great champion, the praise that he deserves in this house. disciples and he said they're all they're worried they're tripping they said lord we got all this unrest we don't know what's going on coronavirus is going all over the world what do you want us to do this is what he said y'all know i'm paraphrasing a little bit but stay with me all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. He said, now you go and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And he said, remember, I am with you even to the end of the age. What are you saying, Pastor? He has anointed you to bring freedom to the captives. pastor I don't even know how you think all they did was watch Jesus they really didn't have an instruction manual this is how you cast out demons this is how you heal the sick yeah they had watched Jesus they had learned from him but when when Peter came in contact with a sick man he said silver and gold I don't have but what I have I give unto you rise up in the name of Jesus and he rose up Apostle Paul didn't have a manual on how to cast out devils. He just knew that when he came into towns, they all began to shake and get out of there. Why? He was crazy enough to believe, if I can use that word in its right context, he was crazy enough to believe all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Therefore, show me a bound person. Show me a chain person. Show me the devil possessed. Show me the person that's bound by depression. Show me the person that can't get off pornography. Show me the person that keeps putting the needles in their arms. Show me the person that can't stay faithful in their marriage. Show them to me. I have an anointing and an authority to break them free. You really believe that well what's my alternative what's what else today church it's time to rise up it's time to rise up in the power of the Holy Ghost man I look around this building oh I see the stories some stories started two weeks ago some stories started, started two years ago some stories started 20 years ago but I see the stories what stories are you talking about pastor some of you were like that man crying out in a, in, a, in a graveyard and Jesus heard you all the way across the sea of Galilee and said we got to go over there and they said why do you want to go to Gennesaret he said because I hear a man crying out in a dead place and I can't stand it any longer I'm going to see about it Mag of Mag- uh, Magdala tried every man, you tried everything, you could put your hands on, but all you found yourself was empty, broken, and more disgusted, and one day you reached to the place of Jesus, and he looked up and said, where are your condemners? You said, none, Lord. He said, neither do I condemn. Go and sin no more. And you've been made free ever since. I look across this building and see all kinds of stories. I see the stories of the people who have done everything they could to try to get healed, but all of a sudden they heard one day that Jesus was walking by in a place called abundant life church and they put their knee pads on and they said if i gotta crawl to him i'll get to jesus but if i can but touch to him of his garment i shall be made whole." some of you were like that man of paul formerly known Saul. oh you, you you didn't want nothing to do with christianity they're all weak babies but then you realized It takes a strong person to live for Christ and you found yourself in your weakness and when he knocked you off that horse you looked up and said who is it Lord and your life has been changed forever here we are stories upon stories upon stories upon stories Now this, now I'm bringing, I'm I'm done. Do you think God did that for you not to rescue anybody else? He has much invested in you. Do you think he did that just so you could go and tell people you were free or did you could go tell them that you were free and they could be free? Yeah, but pastor, you don't know what I struggle with. All I offer is freedom down here. Bow your heads all over this place. Those of you watching, thank you for watching today. I know you sense the power in the presence of God. I know you sense the anointing of God under the preached word. And the gospel of Jesus Christ coming to your room, coming to your work, coming to your car into that hospital bed, come into that jail cell. I don't know where it's coming to, but I know you sense God is showing up. I know you sense the anointing that'll make you free. I'm telling you, the Bible says, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. So you're saying, pastor, is it really that simple? It sure is. All you got to do is say, Lord, I need you. I repent and watch what happens. Watch who shows up in your room. Watch who fills your jail cell. Watch who who brings peace to your office space. It's Jesus. I thank you for watching today. I'm going to allow you to continue to watch for a little longer, but I want you on your knees. I want you to before God right now, those of you watching, asking, Him, Lord, what do you want for me to do? I want to be anointed to do something big in the last day. We pray you were blessed by today's message. For more content and to get to know us better, download our app at AbundantLifeChurch.com.